back with another hot episode ab what's going on brother going doing good great brother doing good doing good how you feeling man i cannot complain man other than this heat i'm good it's hot down there huh you down in carolina i'm sure y'all got a little bit more degrees it just rained here so we cooled things down a little bit but it was hot it was hot in there but it cooled down a little bit yeah man how your uh your your week or your past couple of weeks been man it's been good doc you know i can't complain about anything i have the i was in the hospital for two days uh the week of father's day but i'm good i had a kidney stone that was stuck in my um in my kidney's entrance but i'm i'm good um you know superman still kicking (laughs) glad to hear that glad to hear that you know prayers go to you yeah man so I guess guess um want me kick it off or you kick it off. Well, you know what um I'm I'm gonna introduce you because you know this this is about that literary work that uh you have written for America. So I want to tell everybody if you have not had an opportunity to buy my boy's book, you need to do that because we're talking about that today. So I want to introduce my brother. He's gonna lead the conversation today, brother A. B. Bracewell. Uh, thank you, brother. Thank you, man. I feel like I gotta uh introduce you now, man. Just a return of favor, my boy Gregory <laughs> Devon, Pastor Gregory Devon, man. Always glad to sit down and talk to you, and talk with you, and talk yeah, to the people. Um, but before we even get into the into the topic of the night or the discussion, we got a uh, a topic that's been all over the internet the past couple of days. Oh yeah. Every post, every podcast, every discussion, like uh it's 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 been it's been the hottest topic so far. So I think it wouldn't be right if we don't at least touch on what Absolutely. happened this past week with the Absolutely. young Miss Kiki Palmer. Yeah um the brother Usher Raymond. Um <laughs> in a, in a, and Ursher Raymond <laughs> and um the boyfriend. I don't even know the boyfriend's name. I, I, I saw it, but I kept forgetting it. I forgot his name too, but you know that's the same. I <laughs> don't know the man's name. But so the, the, the situation is what happened, and correct me if I leave anything out. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Miss Kiki Palmer put on a certain outfit 
mm-hmm. went to the Vegas show, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Usher doing his res- res- residency over there in Vegas. Mm-hmm. He's sitting front and center, front row. Mm-hmm. And he does what he usually seemed to do. Uh, mm-hmm. when there's a, a star, a celebrity sitting in the front row. He comes down and serenades the young lady, you know, mm-hmm. singing whatever song he wants to sing to her. Um, this time it was There Goes My Baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe he sang uh, You Got It Bad. Or, mm-hmm. you know, other times he might have sang um, You Remind Me of a Girl. Who knows? Any one of his hits. <laughs> but this time he sang There Goes My Baby to the young lady, uh, Kiki Palmer. I don't know mm-hmm. why I keep calling her Kiki Shepherd for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I keep thinking about the Apollo. But uh, Kiki Palmer. So she, she sang the song to her. She sang back. They were close in proximity, hugged up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you know, she even sang a couple of notes with him. Yeah, um, he took a step back and she turned around, had a, a pretty revealing dress on, outfit, kind of risque. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that seemed to be kind of, I guess, I, I, I don't want to say to use the word normal, but I don't think that caused too much, much ruckus, right. Until the boyfriend, the father of her child, of her mm-hmm. son, I think they have a boy together. I'm not sure. Yeah. The girl, yeah. The father of the son uh, decided to go on Twitter and he tweeted something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might not be quoting it directly, but it says something like that outfit, you're a mom, mm-hmm. something of that nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, commenting on her outfit. In the fact that she's a mom, yeah. Of course, the internet got at right. They the, the the Twitter black Twitter loves uh, Kiki Palmer, uh, right? I'm just finding this out. I didn't know. I'm not a big follower of Kiki Palmer. You know, yeah, I love uh, the 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 B the B movie she was in when she was little. Um, uh, what was that last movie she came out with? It was alright. Um, oh yeah, the the uh, thriller with the spaceship and all that yeah. stuff. I went to see it. It was alright. Yeah. Yeah, so but hey, Twitter got at him. They they let him have it. They let him have it because he was he was shaming or coming at mm-hmm. their girl. Mm-hmm. Then he decided to double down on his comment, mm-hmm. stating how he has morals. Uh, mm-hmm. You're a represent, representation of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my family. Such and such and such. And he doubled down on his comment. Mm-hmm. And of course, the internet blew up. And uh, days following, they still are having conversations about this. Yeah. What's your yeah. thoughts on this whole thing, brother? Well, my thoughts are um, Kiki did not become a headline until his tweet. So I think that his major mistake was making that matter that he had with his woman a public matter. Like, you just don't do that. If you got a disagreement or I don't like something that you're doing or wearing, I need to come to you. And my thing with him was when she left the house, did you say anything? Even if you didn't see her, I'm sure she has FaceTimed you before getting to the arena for the concert. Or let's say none of that took place. Still, you wait until she gets home to address that face-to-face for a number of reasons. The obvious is that you don't want to make a public matter and a private matter public. But then number two, you got to realize what do women go through after they have a baby? 
four months ago, she had this child and she has snapped back looking wonderful right now. Women go through a host of emotions about their body, uh, you know, coming off of having a baby. And here you go. You have essentially shamed her and you have equated her to just being a mother and not being also a woman. So now you're saying that just because she's a mother, she cannot do certain things. Now, I will say this. Would I want my woman wearing that? Absolutely not. However, the way you go about attacking that and handling that makes the difference. What you should have done, again, was wait till she got home and said something to her, but in a respectful manner. But realize what she may be going through in her brain these past four months trying to get her body back to a place where she thinks that she's beautiful. Because now what you've done is you've been insensitive to what she might be going through as a woman. You don't know why she wore that. Like maybe she's feeling less about herself and wants to feel sexy, wants to be called sexy. Now, I'm not saying you should go about it that way. But what I am saying <clears throat> is that as, as the man in her life, you cannot jump now and say, I'm a man of morals and take the moral high ground when you you put a baby in her, but no ring on her finger. So you cannot you cannot have it both ways and claim the moral high ground now. And you have made no plans to marry this woman so that we know. So what is your moral position? Really? I think that you're clout chasing because you are using a situation to pump your name based upon something that you thought folk would get behind you on because she was dressed what some would call inappropriate. The other side of that also is that, okay, she was wearing what she was wearing. You addressed it. Now, again, let's take his moral conversation, right? Just the other month, he posted a picture on his Instagram of her twerking in front of him in a in a uh, in a tight bodysuit, and his words were, "Look what our son did for my baby," and the camera is right on her butt. Right? What was your moral position then? So it is not that you don't want everyone looking at her body. You are insecure as a man now because everybody wants her. And everybody is commenting on how she looks now. Because when you put her out there, it was no problem. But now that she's at a concert and someone gets a picture and she's on the internet, it's a problem all of a sudden. So that's the issue that I had with him was how he handled it. And then you, you, can't, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You make some great points there. You made some great points. I'm going to say this. Mm -hmm. I just looked up the brother's name. His name is Darius Jackson. Jackson, mm -hmm. I believe. Darius Jackson. Mm -hmm. So just like how I said they got at him when he made that post. Yeah. So I was seeing this post, this conversation going on. I wasn't saying nothing. I didn't know much about mm -hmm. it. And after I saw the videos, I said, hey, let me jump. Let me jump in the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> let me make a little post. And um, I guess just like Darius, I felt a little bit of the wrath of the <laughs> internet. 
Not that I came at Kiki Palmer. I didn't come at yeah. Kiki Palmer. To tell you the truth, other than the outfit that she had on, which was mm-hmm. yeah, provocative, you know, very revealing. Very. I didn't have a problem with how she handled herself with mm-hmm. us. She's an actress. Right. She's an actress. He's a performer. Y'all in entertainment. That's what y'all do. Right. But what I did do, I looked at it from a different angle. Mm-hmm. And I posted this, and it, it, it said this. I agree that he should not be on a public platform. I agree to that. The way he addressed it was totally wrong. It's definitely mm-hmm. um, a private matter that you shouldn't go on a, a public platform mm-hmm. to call out your lady, your baby mom, whoever she is. So I agreed to that. But I also said, if your man allows another man to grind on you, to gawk at you, mm-hmm. and he says absolutely nothing when you turn around and give another man a full view of your booty, mm-hmm. then that man doesn't care about you. Mm-hmm. That man would not protect you. That man doesn't respect you. And he probably doesn't claim you as his man mm-hmm. or, or claim himself as your man, I should say. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I felt the wrath of, of the internet with that comment as well because. For some reason, since it wasn't, um, I guess, shining a light on uh, Kiki Palmer and actually mm-hmm. putting down the boyfriend, mm-hmm. the internet didn't like that either. So what are your thoughts on that when it comes to the whole situation? If mm-hmm. you're in a relationship, if you have a girlfriend, should have, should have, and you and you mentioned it as well as far as uh, being being married, putting a ring on it right. and that was something i heard a lot of people say yeah should a person or should a man mm-hmm. have the right to have some level of requirements or mm-hmm. expectations for mm-hmm. the woman that he's in a relationship with yeah. even if he has not put a ring on it mm-hmm. he has an opinion on her behavior her her outfits her attire on mm-hmm. anything or because that man has not married you or proposed to you, mm-hmm. he cannot say anything, can't have any opposition, mm-hmm. can't, can't say a word. Mm-hmm. I, in my opinion, I feel, hey, even with relationships, even if it hadn't reached the level of engagement or marriage, mm-hmm. there's still some expectations in our relationship if we're exclusive and committed to each other. Absolutely. Now, of course, you know, that whatever those expectations and requirements are, that should be handled between the two people. Mm-hmm. But the way I'm, I keep hearing it is that since this man has not put a ring on it, he can't say a word. Mm-hmm. What you think about that? Now, they came at me for that. But, yeah, you know, I think some of that was probably due to residuals of what he had already said. Right. So if anyone, you, myself or anybody says something like what you just said, I don't think the attack is so much on what you're saying. It is on the fact that you're saying anything that is not necessarily in support of her. Right. Because I have to agree with you um, that. Each uh, we both should have some say and, you know, honey, I don't really I'm not really feeling that outfit. Right. And if it's for a reason like it's kind of inappropriate, then if we're in a serious relationship, yes, it should be taken serious. And that's probably a reason that one is saying this. 
the context matters, right? We cannot compare the average relationship to this one only because they are celebrities. Now, we can say all day long, well, they're people too. Yeah, but the rules of engagement change only because nobody's giving Gregory Devon $50,000 for wearing a certain outfit, right? <laughs> and saying who the designer is, right? And it's it's a it's a trend. Nobody gonna, this nobody year. gonna pay you for that shirt you got on, man. You wearing <laughs> that shirt, brother? Come on now. You <laughs> need to get paid for it. <laughs> but, but then it's like too. Okay. Now Kiki was dressed how she was dressed. That's a trend now. If you notice, she's done it. Beyonce has done it. Sierra has done it, and a whole slew. And there have been some. Of our, of our European sisters mm -hmm. who've done it also. Gabriel yeah, Ewing the other day had it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so society and the internet, well, I'm saying the internet, I-N-N-A, the internet, <laughs> <laughs> picks and chooses who is the scapegoat this week. And some people are easy target, right? Sierra was an easy target because she's married to Russell Wilson. So the attack wasn't so much with her, it was her husband. Mm -hmm. She was a scapegoat. It was another way to get at him, right? <laughs> In Kiki's situation, again, she didn't make headlines herself. That boy made her a headline. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's like, again, she was a scapegoat for her, her man, right? And it's like, we allow this stuff to happen and don't realize the rules are different in their world because they're doing this for a trend. There's probably some money involved, some business move. That's what makes it different than the average everyday relationship. Now, people can debate that, that's, but it's the truth. It's true even when men do it. Look at some of the things that men wear. They wouldn't wear that themselves. Look at some of the things that Cam Newton wears. That's not you. <laughs> Somebody's paying you to wear that, and I ain't mad at you. Cause they're finna give me, a, you know, fifty grand. I might wear something that I wouldn't only wear too, put on what it is. <laughs> but I think we have to realize that when we're looking at things like this, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, what what she was wearing, it it definitely was not becoming of a lady. It wasn't. However, I'm not. I would not, as her man, come down on her. We're gonna have a conversation about your outfit, about why you thought that I would not have an issue with that, or why did you wear it, or are you looking for something, Do are you not feeling sexy, am I not making you feel beautiful as your man, right, do, do you not feel that I desire you, is the attention from me not enough, I'm going to consider all of those things before we even have a conversation, because I want to make sure that the end result is you and I being on the same page. This dude never considered you could have hurt her career and you never thought about that. You just made a move, boom, did what you did, made her a headline in a negative way so you thought and never gave any thought to the fact I might be damaging her career. I'm putting something out there that if I don't say anything, really won't be a headline. But you made it a headline. And you and you tried to promote yourself.
because you became the victim in your head as if she was doing something to you personally. And, and you insulted her motherhood as a mom. You know, you're, you're a mom now. You shouldn't do that. As if to say that she's a bad mother. At the end of the day, when somebody is in their 20s, I give them passes on certain things one or two times because you're in your 20s. Yes. And there's a level of naivete in certain things. Now, again, we could debate that. That's arguable. I get it. But it's the tr I did some things in my 20s. I just wouldn't do now. Oh, yeah. yeah. But again, yeah. I was 20-something. Yeah. <laughs> you know now, yeah. I, I don't want to beat this topic uh, into the ground, but I had one more question. Then we're going to get yeah. into conversation. Because you brought up Russell, Russell Wilson, and that made me yeah. think And since we are all we are on the Godly View uh, mm -hmm. network, I it made me think of a scripture. Come on, the scripture, scripture was, "Where art thou, Adam?" If I know now, I know a lot of people going to say that they they're not married, so you can't really say that. Blah 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 blah. But in a situation mm -hmm. where you feel that your lady is going down the wrong route, yeah, and she's making a wrong decision, mm -hmm. um, if she's doing something that might put herself in danger or might shine a negative light on her, mm -hmm. and we always say, hey, nothing happened uh, when Eve ate the fruit, is when Adam ate the fruit and God went searching for him where are mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. he wasn't he didn't play his role right he wasn't in his position mm -hmm. where he can correct or stop eve at the time mm -hmm. it seemed like this brother tried to do that now granted he did it in the wrong way i don't you, you don't do it on twitter you did mm -hmm. it in the wrong way but it's almost it's you know playing devil's advocate it seems like this yeah. brother tried to do that he seen something that probably would have shined a, a not so complimentary light on his lady and mm -hmm. mother of his child. And he he didn't want to be asked, where art thou, Adam? Like mm -hmm. some of these brothers, like we talking about uh uh Russell Wilson's wife, you know, you really don't hear much from him um when mm -hmm. all this criticism is coming. Mm -hmm. Was this brother wrong for saying something? Or was it just the fact that he said it on a public platform? There you go. He was wrong for how he said something, right? And again, I got to go back and say, you cannot, you cannot be okay when you're holding the camera and she's twerking and you making comments and posting that, but then be mad when somebody else is holding the camera. You can't have it both ways. You cannot. That's okay. why I say this brother was clout chasing or or and or you got insecure because of the attention that she is getting now as a result of her snap back body in Jesus name. She do look good. <laughs> but but I, it's like this this brother I get your point. Mm -hmm. I do. And and he, there was nothing wrong that with him having a problem a with it. I'm not making a point, I'm making a question. Oh, now, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't want well, the internet well, well. to come at me. I don't want the internet to come at me. I'm asking the question. <laughs> well, well, I think your question is beautiful, wonderful, because mm -hmm. 
He had a right to say something. But you do that behind closed doors because you praise in public and you correct in private. And that's what he did not do. And my thing is, this could have been the perfect opportunity to show this woman how you lead. You just show the world that you are a horrible leader. Because again, you never took into consideration four months ago, this woman is on the table having a baby. What has she gone through in these four months? Hormonal changes, body changes, trying to get her body back right. Now you're shaming her. You gave no thought. Is she going through postpartum depression? Is she going through some mental health challenges right now? Is she looking for attention the wrong way? Because if that is the case, not saying it is, but it might be. Let's talk about it. And let's see why you wore that outfit to the concert and then gave everyone a, 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 feel, a, a full view of your derriere. It wasn't just when you turned around, because when you walk on, we could see it. Mm. So it's like, <laughs> what's really going on here? He gave no thought to nothing. He thought to just criticize, boom, boom, boom. Just this react. is it's not okay. Yeah. It's not okay. You can't act off emotion. It gets no. you in all types of trouble, and that's what yeah. that's what happened with the brother. And I I totally agree with everything that you're saying, Greg. I, yeah. I totally agree with everything that you're saying. You did not protect your woman, brother. Mm. You didn't. You yeah. scrutinized her in front of the world and you treat her like a child. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee you, you just lost your woman. Yeah. That, that, that should be a lesson. Like everything does not have to be online. Yeah. Everything does not have to be for the public consumption. Some yeah. things are private. And, yeah. that, and that's the situation there where, like you said, that is a private conversation. You wait yeah. till she gets home, you give her a phone call. Um, yep. and you and you and you communicate with your mate. Communicate. Yep. You know you yep. don't 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 accuse her, don't shame her, don't blame her. Communicate. You can t in person or on the phone. You can tell her as mad, tell her as mad as you were about what happened. Once mm -hmm. you use those Twitter fingers, <laughs> you see what happens. You see what happens. Now, great. Hot topic. We could probably talk about that the whole time, but we're we're, right. <laughs> we're here. Tonight's topic is the sexual miseducation of black men in America. Mm -hmm. And this, you know, it kind of ties in. It kind of ties in because a lot of what was going on, I'm sure a lot of the emotions that came up in this mm -hmm. brother um had to do with the way he viewed his his woman, mm -hmm. the way he viewed sex. The way he viewed other men, the 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 um, things that he was taught about sex, and what made him react in that manner. Mm -hmm. So, as you said in, in the beginning, I came out with a book uh, just this year. It's entitled "The Sexual Miseducation of Black Men in America," and the purpose of that book is to explore the emotional, the psychological, the behavioral, mm -hmm. the relational impact that our sexual education, or I should say miseducation, has mm -hmm. had on us as black men mm -hmm. and how it impacts our relationships, how it impacts our entire community, how it impacts the way we look at women, how do we look at love and intimacy and all the good things. Mm -hmm. I often say that we have been taught as young men mm -hmm. to measure our manhood 
by the amount of women that we sleep with and how well mm-hmm. we perform in a bed. Right. That's one of the biggest things that we've been taught to uh to uh to measure our manhood with. Mm-hmm. So I've done over by by now over 100 interviews with other black men on this topic. Mm-hmm. And the question I ask them is the question I want to ask you. Mm-hmm. What and how do you think most black men learned about sex growing up? Mm-hmm. What and how did we learn? Where did we learn it from? What did, we, what did we learn? Who taught it to us? What was some of the impact of the lessons that we learned? What, what, what would be your thoughts on that? I think a lot of these lessons, man, were, were learned through sneaking to learn. You, you sneak to watch certain things on television as a little boy. You, you sneak to listen to certain things on the radio. You know, you, you sneak in the room. Maybe you got some older uncles and they watch now hearing something and you sneak in there with them. Uh, and they say, come, come on, man. Come on, little man. And let you watch certain things, not realizing the impact that could have on the psyche of a five year old. You know, we don't we don't sometimes uh, think that a child that young is going to be impacted. But, yeah, it, it, it is, you know, to the point that now once you get a taste of the forbidden fruit, so to speak, now you get another taste. So you find another route, another means to um, fulfill that desire. And although you have not had sex yet, a little child in the nutshell kind of has an idea of, oh, that's something that's sexual. He or she has heard the word sex before. Even before they hear the word, when they see it, Mm, they know that mm, I have that on my body or seeing that makes me feel something in a certain area sometimes or seeing that in my brain makes me feel a certain way, makes me curious. That's where it starts for a lot of people. So that curiosity kills the cat. You know, you become curious as of what you've seen or heard. Then you go and do something or try something just like it's common practice for little children to do things to each other that they have seen on television. Now, they have no rational, real concept of right and wrong just yet in every area. So what they're doing, once they're caught, they kind of had an idea that I ain't supposed to be doing this because you snuck and did it but you kind of don't know what this is. So you are really exploring your body and you're trying to learn, right? Yeah. And then once you get caught and realize, oh, this is wrong. Now you get older and now your intelligence, your intellect begins to catch up with your experience. And now you begin to try other things because now you are kind of becoming educated now on okay boys like girls girls like boys oh this is what sex is now you have a very limited understanding yeah but now you begin to do things that you really have seen you know that's why you can have uh children with their clothes on dry hunching they saw it on tv now they're doing it they said oh we playing mama and daddy that's what they saw. That's what they have heard. So I think that that is where a lot of this stuff starts 
is with curiosity. Yeah, yeah. And I just I want to touch on a few points that that you made because you talked about the concept of knowing right from wrong when you're a young child, and that's very true. Um, because I've I've studied you know in, in my field that when mm -hmm. when children are little, that mm -hmm. you know one, two, three, uh, maybe up to like ten. Their concept of what's right and wrong, what's good is good and bad, is based on punishment. Whether I, you know, if I get punished for mm -hmm. this or not, like their their actual moral compass has not been developed yet. Right. So that's how I know something is good or bad. If I if I get yelled at or if I don't get yelled at. So if you're doing things and you're not getting yelled at um, by your parents or your guardian. You you may mm -hmm. not know that this is bad. I'm just exploring, right. and then mm -hmm. and you you haven't developed that as you get mm -hmm. older, like in your adolescent years, like your kind of the concept is of good and bad does develop, right. and you know it's based more on reward or acceptance. Right. Um, so if I'm accepted by uh, maybe society or my friends or you know family, okay, mm -hmm. then what I'm doing is good. If I'm rejected for it, um, then then it's wrong. As you, mm -hmm. it's not until you get into your older, not even older adult twenties and, and up, where you start to develop that moral concept where I'm doing things that just because this is good to do, right. or I'm doing this because it's it's bad. Where you develop the the idea of okay, I'm as a person, this is not right. You know, it has nothing to do with me getting punished or me getting accepted. I, you know, there's I've develop a conscious now so right. that, that, that that's very very true with what you're saying and another thing that you said that i wanted to comment on you said the age of five and mm -hmm. some people might be listening to you and thinking oh five that's young right right it's not it's not <laughs> it's not and i'll tell you how it's not i'll tell you a story that uh my mother once told me years ago mm -hmm. my mother was a, a a head start teacher kids in head mm -hmm. start is around they're around four right and every time I think of the story, it makes me emotional because mm -hmm. um, it was it was just so hard to hear. Um, yeah. And my mom was telling me how emotionally um, distraught she was when mm -hmm. she saw this happening. But um, she was taking kids to, to the bathroom. You know, they line up and go to the bathroom. And then she checked the line and was like, hey, mm -hmm. where's such and such? Two boys. We'll just say Bill and Sam. Where's Bill and Sam? No one knew where they, where they were. Mm -hmm. So she went back to the room to see if they were still in the room and why they didn't come line up and go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. When she got to the room and checked behind the little cubbies, the little cabinets, she saw one little boy giving oral sex to another little boy. Oh, wow. Wow. Four or five years old in head stuff. Wow. She didn't know what to do. She just left right. the room, you know, stopped and started crying. Right. So I say that story to say that, you know, wow. five is not too young. No, it's not. And someone had to be modeling that behavior right. for them to imitate it, for them right. to cat it. And someone didn't was not correcting them or correcting who, whoever. I don't know whoever was the aggressor. I don't know. Someone yeah. wasn't correcting them. But I, I say that to say a lot of the behaviors, a lot of our sexual habits, a lot of the things that we've learned as men. Um, and as boys growing up, were behaviors that we observed and that we copycat. Um, there, there were things that, like you said, that we watched on pornographic movies. Right. 
the music that we listen to. Our peers. Right. Older boys in the neighborhood that we watch or that they pushed us or pressured right. us to do. To act out sexually way before we was ready, way before our time. And most of right. the time, the things that they pushed on us was unhealthy. It was toxic. It was disrespectful. And it objectified young girls. It objectified women. Yeah. So I, I want to ask you about that. And let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Because um, in the book, I, I mentioned a little bit about how we go down into how we travel into that journey and how we mm -hmm. actually um, develop the mindset where mm -hmm. we start to look at women as sexual objects and not a person with a name, a person with a brain, mm -hmm. with a personality, with, you know, with skills and talents and all those good things. We just start to see them as breasts, a mm -hmm. butt, a vagina, Right. Something that we can get sexual gratification from. How right. you, how would you say that that develops in young in young boys, mm -hmm. but don't think it doesn't travel all the way up to manhood? What what would be your thoughts on that? Um, one of the things that you said um, in your book, I want to say because you got a chapter about um, uh, about chauvinism. And you talked about the foundations of what we learn about sex being based in pornography, right? I think sometimes because we think that adults are watching pornography only, <laughs> that we don't realize how many children have seen that, especially today, when, you know, like back in the day, they didn't have what we have now in terms of cell phone at their fingertip, right? So they have access today to a whole slew of things that we didn't have access to. So what we had to sneak and do, they do it in public and you don't even know it. Got the earbuds in, you don't know what they watching on the cell phone because that was free. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And it's like, we don't realize that in this hyper-sexualized society today, it is so easy for children that are four, five, six who have cell phones and can work a cell phone better than you. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. don't know. You think they watching Clifford the Big Red Dog. No. They, <laughs> they watching cell bats. You better be over that shoulder. The dog you're thinking about. <laughs> okay. And if you're not over that that's why when these children are on these phones for two and three hours, no ma'am. No ham, no mayo. Uh-uh. You need to be grabbing that. Mm -mm, we ain't doing that. And you best be looking at what they're doing every 30 minutes. Because again, this stuff for a lot of men boils down to control, right? Because we look at ourselves instead of leaders sometimes as dictators, domineering, chauvinistic, misogynistic, you know, I, I have to assert my authority, right? Now, you know, when you talk about what are we listening to and how the music is so aggressive and how, like, in the in the 70s, right, they had music about sex, but it was hidden 
innuendos mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that a child just really ain't gonna pick on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what that song? Pull up to my bumper, baby. Yeah, in your yeah. long black limousine. I didn't know. I thought they were talking about really the cars. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't that know. Like, I realized. Oh, you nasty. Yeah. <laughs> somebody, had, now, somebody had to tell me. I asked. <laughs> right. But now it's like, oh, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? They, 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 they. You know, my neck, my back, <laughs> lick my and my crack. They just, they with it now. And I mean, it's like that's so you know that that's some that's some pros in this house, you know. Time to keep yeah. it clean for the for the godly view, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Like, but it's like they they calling it out. It's like women don't help the matter. It ain't just on demand because while men are, are being dominating, controlling, trying even in the bedroom, trying to have their way, wham bam, thank you, ma'am. Women have gotten to a point now where. You're, you're being so sexy that you don't realize now all they want is sex, see? Because that's what you're pushing. That's what you're promoting. Go back to the Kiki Palmer situation. Mm -hmm. How you expect a man not to think about having sex with you when you are showing him your treats and your goodies? How, Sway? How can he not think about doing something sexual to you when he can see your sexual parts, right? And, and it's not just her, it, it is even the everyday woman. Going to, I work in corporate America also, going to some of these office buildings, it's like, whoa. I understand that a pencil skirt is cute, but that pencil skirt might be two sizes too small. Cause I see all your humps and bumps, but even the verbiage now, you referring to yourself now as things that women 20 years ago would never refer to themselves as. You're calling yourself a pro. You calling yourself a B. You yeah. calling yourself, you know, a, a slut or all or, or, or this. You calling yourself this. And then you are wearing the uniform of that that they wear. Yeah. And then you have a problem. When a man says something to you out of the way, let me tell you something. I know a police officer based upon the uniform. I know a fireman based upon the uniform. I know a doctor based upon the white lab coat. If you don't want to be thought of as a 304, turn upside down, then do not wear the uniform of one and expect to be treated like a lady. That does not go together. And I know somebody going to hear that and have a problem with it. But, but let's be real. Even the Bible says, avoid the appearance of evil. Don't avoid the appearance of that that you don't want to be referred to as, whether you're a man or a woman. Because, because again, us as Christian singles especially, and the Christian married folk, don't, don't walk around here calling yourself a man of valor or a woman of virtue and you wearing the uniform of the opposite of that it don't go together yeah hey like like my pastor says all the time don't get mad to get delivered so if hello you, if you said something that offend it's, it's the truth though and i also speak it's about tight but it's right yeah <laughs> i speak about that in the book how the sexual education system doesn't only impact boys and men 
Like it has definitely recruited women. Um, mm -hmm. what what historically the things that they used to be taught, traditionally yep. the things that they used to be taught about their bodies, about sex, about yeah, at it as something precious, and you have sex with somebody that you think is special or mm -hmm. a husband, those things mm -hmm. aren't taught anymore. Then mm -hmm. anymore. I go back to I go back to a conversation that I did have while I was mm -hmm. interviewing um for this book. And um I thought I was making a confession confession. I thought I was showing some maturity, some growth. And I said, mm -hmm. I was telling a the young lady there was a time where I wanted every woman that I met to perform like the women that I watched. Right. In a in a point of in a porns. Right. To my surprise, she gave me some pushback. She said, Oh, <laughs> oh. Uh -uh. Some of us could be, we could be a porn star, you know, and and I and like I said in the book, I don't think this young lady knew what she was really trying, what she was supporting. Right, right. a man can't right. look at you as his porn star, then the next day look at you as his queen. It's not going to happen. Right. Our mind right. going to work like that. Right. So they, they know. Yeah, yeah. So um, like you was like you were saying, like it has infected our ladies as well. There's one part that I definitely want to talk about before we run out of time. And I think mm -hmm. this is import so important for the men to hear. Um, mm -hmm. in, a, in, a, in a book, it says, it tells, uh, it's, it's not only for men, it's for women. Because women, you get to learn and understand your man a lot better. Mm -hmm. Why he views relationships and sex um, a certain, certain way. But then there's some parts in a book that's specifically for the brothers. Right. And there's a chapter in there called The Hurt in Us. Right. And it speaks about how we often use sex as therapy, how we often use sex mm -hmm. as a coping mechanism, how we take our pain, we take our hurt, our depression, um, our yeah. sadness, yeah. Um, all the all the things that, that we are carrying around emotionally that we haven't been taught how to express verbally That's or right. in a healthy way. We have mm -hmm. often been taught that the uh, Cure for all those things was sexual healing. Mm -hmm. A lot of men turn to sex mm -hmm. to cover up the pain that's inside. Mm -hmm. A lot of us turn to sex or turn to, to women to disguise or to hide mm -hmm. or to, to 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 mask what we're really mm -hmm. going through mentally and emotionally. And and I'm trying to in the book I try to encourage brothers on how to seek. The proper healing for those type of pain. Right. Sexual healing ain't the answer for that. Right. What would you say to the brother that is mismanaging his sexuality mm -hmm. and seeking women to cover up the pain and the hurt that he's dealing with? Great question. Um, I, I first want to say this. Because from the beginning of time, there has always been nurture and healing in the womb of the black woman. That is the place that the black man is trying to honestly get back to because that has always been a place of intimacy. The problem is that men have been taught that the only avenue to intimacy is sex. So there are often times where it looks like a man only wants sex. He actually really wants intimacy. He does not know another road to get to that. Because if you notice, like, 
What is what does a, a man do after he has released? He lays on that woman and he don't move because he's experiencing intimacy. But nobody ever taught that man that you could have had the same intimate experience by telling her, being vulnerable and saying, I need a hug. I am not okay. Can you just hold me? That is not gay. It is not. That is being a man who is emotionally intelligent because you understand exactly what your emotions are saying to you right now and you know a functional way to get that. Now, to your question, <clears throat> when we think about everything that we have um, had placed inside of us in regard to sex, right? When we think about how over time, as black men especially, we have not been taught about going to therapy because traditionally in the black household, that's shunned upon. You know, oh, if you go in this house, stay in this house. And that's why the house is broken. So because we have not been traditionally socialized and conditioned to go to therapy, to seek counseling, we don't do it. So now we, we self-medicate on dopamine and serotonin because when those levels go up when you have an orgasm that is the feeling that you're chasing you're chasing that feeling again like a drug addict seeking a drug and the only way that you know how to feel that way is to have sex but you're not ever really understanding what it is that you really need because you're not slowing down and doing some introspection to figure out not just who you are, but what you're going through, how you feel, what have you been through that has put you in a mind frame of this right now. So instead of going to AB for a therapy session, you call in Tanisha because it's midnight and you know she home and the children sleep. You don't know another way. <clears throat> and that's what's wrong with a lot of men. You don't know another way, but then you're not putting yourself in, the, in some more seasoned men's presence who can tell you and teach you a thing or two because you feel like, because I'm 40, 50, I know it all. And I yield the mic. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned something about intimacy, and I actually made a video about this the other day. And I was talking about how men aren't trained to have that intimacy um, when it comes to relationships and, and sex. Um, there's something scientific about, about behind that. You know, mm -hmm. there's something some scientific behind that bonding and that, co mm -hmm. that connection that we have, mm -hmm. um, that the release of like oxytocin. He was mm -hmm. talking about some hormones. There's a hormone in our body called oxytocin mm -hmm. that drives our bonding, uh, right. our intimacy, our closeness. Um, it also drives like caregiving between yeah. a, a mother and a child. That's when a woman, That's right. has, when a woman has a child, they feel bonded because heavy doses of oxytocin are released. What happens to us as men, as black men, is that we are actually trained to not release that bonding hormone, that love hormone. Mm -hmm. Things like hugging, like you was talking, that's intimacy. Mm -hmm. Playing soft music with someone, that's intimacy. Mm 
mm-hmm. sitting down having a conversation that's intimacy you know doing kind things for them complimenting them giving them there those words of affirmation all of that mm-hmm. builds intimacy mm-hmm. the sexual miseducation system teaches us to do the complete opposite from that mm-hmm. if you're watching porn if you watch if you're listening to a lot of hip-hop music if you listen to the duels on the block, mm-hmm. they're not encouraging you to, to, to hug and have mm-hmm. conversations and laugh with a young lady, get to know her, uh, give her compliments. Everything in that system is designed to do the exact opposite, which kind of restrains our release of oxytocin. That's mm-hmm. what for, for so many guys that grew up that way can have sex with a woman Mm-hmm. And feeling absolutely no emotional connection because exactly. we've been so trained to do the opposite of what our brain chemistry and our body chemistry actually wants to do. And you know, I, I was trained in that in that system as well at one point. Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm an older man now. I'm more mature. Mm-hmm. I've I, I've grown. I've seen the 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 mistakes that I've made. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a son. That's watching me now, um, every step I make. So that has pushed me to change a lot of the things and a lot of views that I, I used to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, my, and the whole the whole purpose of me writing this book was to help other brothers change and to also help mm-hmm. ladies to get a better understanding of oh, the yeah. that they're with. Before we disconnect, I want you to leave some parting words if you had mm-hmm. two minutes to sit down with a young man mm-hmm. or even an older man because some some of us older still making the same mistakes mm-hmm. if you had two minutes to sit down and give a word of advice on how to better manage your sexuality how to mm-hmm. make better choices how to be more disciplined with your body and how to measure your manhood the proper way mm-hmm. What would you tell that that young man or older man? I think that first of all, we have to be honest with where we are in life, young or old. Whatever you struggle with, let's be honest about it and put it on front street. And and let me, as the man who is speaking to the person, young or old, I would use myself as as an example. My thing is, ever, ever since 16, 19, when we got here, like, we were chosen as slaves sometimes based upon the size of our genitalia. So naturally moving forward to now, we've been indoctrinated to put more emphasis on our, what we call our manhood. That's not really our manhood. So, so by virtue of us having a a misplaced phrase, a word, that's where it all started is that your manhood is supposed to be who you are, not what you have, number one. Then looking at scripturally, I always say that science points to God, right? When you look at the metaphysical science behind sex, but then look at what God says about sex in the proper time and context, they really both make sense. When you think about, okay, the metaphysical science of sex, how we are really combining DNA by continuously having sex unprotected, especially part of me is getting in you, part of you is getting in me. 
And there's no undoing that. And and we wonder sometimes why you can break up with a person and six, seven months, a year later, the thought of that person, the sight of that person does something to you because it's 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 uh it's scientific and it's spiritual. It's scientific because the parts that you're combining cannot be separated. It's spiritual because a man becomes weaker every time he has sex because he is releasing into this woman and he's becoming weak. Well, this woman is receiving all of this. Now add to the fact you might be have more than one person in your life with all due respect that you're being intimate with. So now I'm receiving from different men. What have you become? Confused. And this is why a lot of women are so confused about if somebody really loved them because you having sex with your heart and they're having sex with a body part only. Mm-hmm. But you're coming and so you're getting further confused because you thought this person loved you because in your brain, sex equates to love. In their brain, sex equates to a release. So I would tell this man, young or old, you got to be responsible with your body, responsible with your spirit, responsible with your soul. Jesus came to save your soul, not your spirit. It is your soul that is corrupt, right? Your spirit don't sin. Your soul does. We got to reintroduce or introduce your spirit to your soul because your spirit is where God lives. Your, your, your soul, your, your mind, will, and emotions, that's your soul. And it's like your spirit has to come and to save all of that and to cover all of that. And that is what is going on with, with us as men not being able to make a rational, smarter decision because we don't know who's really in control of our soul because we have we got pornography in there we got music in there we got the media in there we got other toxic men in there and not realizing that you can't even be the leader that you really need to be because the area in your life that you need to have the most discipline in your sexuality is the area that you have the least discipline in if a man can ever master his sexuality he can master anything and that is what every man needs to hear. Now, I could talk forever on this. So I'm just going to end right there. Man, listen, we could talk forever on this. But um, <laughs> we're running out of time. We're not running out of words. Right. But, um, just just, just to, for those that are listening, um, we, talk, we touched this on the tip of the iceberg of this book. Mm-hmm. Just the tip. I'm just mm-hmm. some of the some of the chapters that is that are in this book. Uh, one of the chapters that I is titled "Intimacy Versus Isolation." Mm-hmm. There's another chapter: "Stop Chasing Women, Start Chasing Your Dreams." That's mm-hmm. all the brothers that that need to follow their goals and have that discipline that that Pastor Greg was just talking about. There's the hurting us, uh, sex as a coping strategy, the hurt we cause. That chapter is definitely one that you need to to listen to, need to read. However, you decide to get the book. 
Um, if you can see at the bottom, you can go to my website, abbracewell.com, um, and you can purchase the book straight from there. Um, Pastor Gregory, you, yes, sir. You closed it out on on. I don't have to say anything else after the, after what you just said, brother. You know, when That's I'm right. reading part two of this book, uh, I'm gonna reach out to you. <laughs> I'm gonna reach, you. Listen, <laughs> just the fact, uh, just the fact that you pointed out, we actually call that our manhood is something that. It's not this is my first time hearing it, but it never came to mind. Like, wow, I'm talking about how to properly measure our manhood. We actually call our genitalia our manhood. So we we're starting off wrong right there. Yeah, it's, it's not it's not that we don't only not know how to measure our manhood. We don't know what our manhood really is. Right. What? <laughs> <laughs> hopefully. If you- that you're watching, you can go get the book, but don't only get the book. Please follow my brother Gregory Devon. Please tell them where they can follow you, where they can find you, where they can connect with you. You can connect with me on um, Facebook, Instagram, um, Snapchat, Twitter, same name, Gregory Devon. You can, I love the chat. I love to talk with you if you're ever in North Carolina. In the RDU area, look me up. I love we can have lunch, break some bread. <laughs> Amen. And, and you can find us, the Soul Brothers. We're missing one of our brothers today, so I'm gonna send love to him. Um, I'm sure he'll be with us next time. Oh yeah, uh, uh, Reverend James. But you can find us every second and fourth Saturday of the month, and you know we might make some special appearances. On, on another Saturday, if it's a fifth Saturday, but every fourth and, and second Saturday of the month, seven o'clock Eastern Standard Time, six o'clock Central, Central Time. The Soul Brothers, the Godly View, we love you. Hope you love us back. Thank you.